Hello, everybody. Uh, here's uh, Professor Martin Kolb, chief editor of the European Respiratory Journal. This is my first podcast as a chief editor, and uh, people who listen to this more regularly have to get used now to my German-Canadian-English accent after enjoying uh, the French-English accent of my predecessor, Marc Umbert, for many years. So it is a pleasure to welcome Professor Jürgen Vespo for this uh, podcast. He's at the Biomedical Research Center in the University of Manchester, United Kingdom, where he is the specialty lead for respiratory medicine. Jürgen is also a past president of the European Respiratory Society. Welcome, Jürgen. Thank you very much. So it is a pleasure to have you discuss the paper that will be published in February. It's called the Effectiveness versus Efficacy Trials in COPD, How Study Design Influences Outcomes and Applicability. So this is an important paper that is based on something called the Salford Long Study. Uh, do you want to introduce briefly what that uh, study is? Yes, I'll be very happy to do that. So the Salford Lung Study, as it says, is a study that was running in Salford, which is a town that is part of Greater Manchester. Um, so it's just sort of a, not a suburb, but just neighboring Manchester. And the special thing about Salford is that they have a completely integrated electronic health record system. So basically, you can sit in primary care, and if a patient is admitted, you can real-time see blood tests and other stuff. So it's one of the only places in the world where you actually have real-time, complete sort of connectivity between primary and secondary care. And that enabled us to do a randomized controlled trial in that setting of a not-registered medication because we could ensure patient safety because of this electronic health record. And what we did together with GSK and a lot of actors around uh, Manchester was to look at whether starting patients on a new combined uh, inhaler with an ICS and a larva was better than usual care as prescribed by the general practitioners in the area. And what made it different from many other trials is that this is what we call an effectiveness study. So this is a study that has very few inclusion and exclusion criteria. Basically, if you're diagnosed with COPD and you've had an exacerbation within the last three years, you could enter the study. So instead of looking, and I think that's what we're going to discuss today, efficacy studies that look at what a drug can do, we actually look at what a drug did do when we then applied it in clinical practice. Um, and the reason for then having this paper in the European Respiratory Journal, the results we present there are to compare the population that went into the effectiveness study in Stolford with the efficacy studies that have been done in COPD to look at medications that could reduce the risk of exacerbations. Because you must remember that it's from the efficacy studies that we get the evidence, we build into guidelines, and then we hope that, that those recommendations also work in the real clinical world. And that is why it is of interest to compare the populations. Uh, thank you, Virgin. That, uh, that's very helpful. So your paper really juggles a lot between those two words, uh, efficacy and effectiveness. And for the non-native English speaker, that's still always a little bit confusing. 
And can you just detail that very briefly once more, what the difference is and why it's so important? Yes, I'll be very happy to, because I think you're right that this is sort of very technical speaking. And actually, I don't think there are very many languages that have particular words like efficacy and effectiveness. At least I know Danish doesn't. So it's not that easy. An efficacy study is what we would usually look at as trial where you want to see in an experimental setting what a drug can do. So if I come up with a new drug, and I think it can reduce exacerbations in COPD, I will do an efficacy study. That means that I'll do a study where I have quite narrow inclusion and exclusion criteria because I want to make quite sure that the patients who enter have a risk of exacerbations, but also that they can participate in the study, that they will take the medication regularly, that they will take their other medications. So I want to make sure that it's almost like a controlled experiment, that when I'm finished, is there, if there is an effect of the drug, I will see it in my experiment, so to speak. And I don't think we usually view trials as experiments, but that is the way we actually assess what a drug can do. And that effect is not really effectiveness, that's efficacy. That's what a drug can do. So if patients take it regularly compared to if they take either placebo regularly or another drug, then we measure the efficacy of that drug. Effectiveness is something different because that's what happens when you actually go out in the real world. So you use it in all patients. And I think if you're not careful, you tend to forget that very few of your usual patients would go into an efficacy study. So when I do my controlled experiment, I really don't want to see many patients who also have heart failure because that can disturb my breathlessness signal. I don't want them to have ischemic heart disease because they can have worsenings because of that. And we know from studies that only about 5 to 10% of the patient that you will see in a usual outpatient clinic would actually be eligible for going into an efficacy study. So an effectiveness study instead looks at what is the effect of the drug when you apply it to usual patients. And there you have other weaknesses. For instance, you rarely blind your studies. You have a lot of patients who may not have quite the right diagnosis, may not have been diagnosed the exact correct way, but they're the ones who get the treatment once the drugs are registered. So suddenly, instead of having a controlled experiment where you really look at the drug's capabilities, you look at what happens when people use the drug in that area where you tested it, in that diagnosis in which you tested in. So it may look like small differences between efficacy and effectiveness, but actually you're looking at two completely different things. That's been uh, super helpful. Uh, so this is a a real-world study then, and uh, the differences seem to be uh, pretty much in the study population that is slightly artificial in an efficacy study. Um, I would think that regulators uh, that approve drugs want efficacy studies versus payers who pay for drugs want to see effectiveness studies. Is that true? Yes, I think you cannot have registration of a drug without having proper efficacy studies to show what a drug can do. On the other hand, I'm not quite sure that registration authorities only want the efficacy studies. I think if I was sort of deciding whether I would accept a drug, I would like to know what happens if people, for instance, are not entirely adherent all the time. 
But you're right, the effectiveness really shows what are you getting out of what you pay for your drug. Why would I pay for a more expensive drug if, when used in the real population, it doesn't do better than the old ones? Good. So every study design obviously comes with weaknesses and uh, I'm sure you suffered through that when you got the reviews back uh, in the process of getting your wonderful paper published in the European Respiratory Journal. What would be the weaknesses of this study design over the other one? Well, I, I think there are several. So I really, and, and I think that's an important point to get through. I don't think you should have either efficacy or effectiveness. You should have both, basically, because they show different things, as we have just discussed. But there are certain weaknesses in an effectiveness study like the sulfur lung study. It is randomized, but it's not blinded. So both the people who manage patients and the patients themselves, they know whether they are randomized to usual care or whether they get the new inhaler. And there could be a bias in you getting a new inhaler. And I think if you only do, did a two or three week study, that could be heavily biased by patients knowing they're getting a new treatment. Also, uh, it is done in a specific area. We chose Salford because we had the combined electronic health record. But of course, you're only doing it in that area. And if you think your patients come from an area where you produce completely different COPD patients, of course, it is difficult to apply the findings from Salford to your area. So there are clear weaknesses. Also, we know some of these patients who go into a COPD study do not have COPD. Probably 10% of them will not have fixed airflow limitation, but they have been given a diagnosis of COPD by the managing physicians. So in that respect, there are a number of biases compared to the strictly controlled efficacy study. Thank you, Jürgen. If one is sarcastic, one would say all the studies that we hear about on Congresses uh, are not real world, uh, and that's obviously not true, but you're a leading expert in the field. What, what do you think is next in uh, studying COPD in trials? Yes, I think the, the big difference has been that we've been used to thinking that efficacy were randomized controlled trials, and real-world studies were more like register studies, studies observational studies of what happened in the real world. But I think we have to separate because I think what we've done in Salford is that we have used the randomized controlled trial design and applied it in the real world with the weaknesses I've just mentioned. But to me, randomization is key. So I've been an epidemiologist a lot of my life, and I know that when I do database studies, it is very difficult to adjust for the fact that in an observational study, a physician has chosen a treatment for a reason that you may not be able to measure. Whereas when you randomize, you take that part out of the equation. So I think the Salford study takes the randomized design more firmly into the uh, real world arena. And I think that's an important step. Thank you, Jürgen. So this is uh, the end of our podcast. And uh, this is uh, Professor Martin Kolb, chief editor of the European Respiratory Journal, who discussed uh, the paper Effectiveness versus Efficacy Trials in COPD with Professor Jürgen Vespo from the University of Manchester. Thank you for listening and goodbye.